The one thing about the Aquarian age that keeps coming up to me is in the Aquarian age, there are no secrets. Yogi Bhajan said in the Aquarian age, there are no secrets. And so that's why like, it just makes total sense to me that so much shit is being swept out under the rug and so many people are like experiencing so much trauma and like so many things are being brought to light because there can't, you know, it's like it, it all has to happen in order for this age to continue. Welcome to the Sovereign Society podcast a sacred lifestyle sanctuary empowering you to honor the journey, trust the process, and radiate your radness. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, soulful business mentor, kundalini yoga teacher, and modern medicine priestess who's on a mission to anchor heaven on earth in this golden era. Join me every week as I'll be sharing with you real talk conversations with some of my favorite sacred disruptors, modern mystics, and soulpreneurs. We are a collective of conscious creators who understand that life is happening for us, not to us. As our contribution to the evolution of humanity, we are honored to share with you all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to activate your legacy. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the Sovereign Society podcast. Prepare yourself because the journey to reclaim your power awaits. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I know it's been quite some time since we've been together, but the podcast and I are back, and I'm excited to be sharing with you this episode because as a former music journalist, I do believe that my guests today, Jai Chen and Grayson, are truly paving such a beautiful path in the world of kundalini yoga and mantra music and to me their sound current their nod is what fuels me when the going gets tough and it just moves me and i'm really excited to be having them here because they are in the process of kickstarting their album and they are creating an album they have a single right now gobinde mukunde which I play every day. You can check it out on Spotify. And this is just a beautiful sound current that's the frequency of it. It just touches the soul universally. And, you know, it was really fun to chat with them because we have a very similar journey from rave culture into this conscious community. And I do believe we are part of this really cool, like, conglomerate of kundalini yogis who are bridging the gap between the kundalini world and you know the culture that we so respect and credit as so much of our journey and so this is a great you know this is what this is a great conversation because this is a time to really honor art and to really share their medicine and so you know the two of them have come together to really share the power of this medicine and you know what they're doing is so amazing and I'm just I love supporting my friends and as soon as I saw that they were doing a Kickstarter I was like well this is a no-brainer of course I'm having them on the podcast because I want their music to be shared I want their their medicine to be felt and to move the masses but in other news on September 9th I am hosting a free workshop called Activate Your Medicine Mornings with Kundalini Yoga. And while we're doing it at 6 p.m. Pacific time, you're going to have this opportunity to join for a 40-day meditation that's going to be helping you to activate 
your mornings with the power of kundalini yoga and i know these two and i both feel you know that kundalini yoga is a pivotal part of our human experience and it's what allows us to be successful and allows us to activate ourselves so you can sign up by visiting the show notes below or you can check out the link in my bio at sabrina riccio or at sovereign society podcast on instagram and it's also inside the newsletter you'll be getting with the show notes with all the links and if you're subscribed to my email list but this is an opportunity for you to learn not only about kundalini yoga and this medicine mornings that you can do but also what tools and what kundalini helps activate and strengthen for you to really take your business and life to the next level so again check out my instagram at sabrina riccio or at sovereign society podcast on instagram and even if you leave a review on iTunes for the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm about to start sharing your reviews and ratings on the Instagram stories at the Sovereign Society podcast Instagram page. So make sure you go and subscribe to this podcast and help keep the podcast going because after being gone for four months almost, other than a couple episodes here and there, I want to keep this podcast sustainable and going and I need your help to make that happen. So please support independent media and share the word and really help get the get the ball going here with me because we're a community and we can't do this alone so again if you want to join for this free 40-day experience i invite you to go check out my instagram you can find all the notes below in the show notes in the description of this episode or if you're already part of the newsletter go for it follow us on instagram and let's really start blessing this place up because the world needs our medicine and i know these two definitely are answering the call to that these two are really creating something really awesome in this conversation we talked a lot about intersectionality and inclusivity in the spiritual community because as i say this isn't going anywhere and we need to make sure that we have I, a community that allows you know everyone to be who they are and just sees people for where they are and this is the time for us to really come together to implement this great change and to share our work and our medicine so this episode is jam-packed with so much juju about kundalini yoga and we talked a lot about that we talked a lot about how we are bridging this gap and the power of kundalini and the awakening that it brought to our lives and you know what's happening because truth be told like you know this music is only going to continue to expand and i just feel really grateful that i can finally listen to music and i find more i found more music that allows me to embrace you know my medicine my gifts and like my truth because while there's so much beautiful kundalini yoga music out there i love something that just feels fresh and this is the definition of that freshness so in this episode we talked a lot about their journey post kundalini activation and expanding consciousness through kundalini yoga Again, we talked about the intersectionality and inclusivity in the spiritual community and how we as millennials are being passed the torch and how we're honoring the evolution of these spiritual teachings, which I think is such a hot topic right now, to keep the tradition and the medicine thriving and alive while also honoring these new Aquarian age 
energy. And so we talked a lot about that and the principles and non-negotiables of the Aquarian Age and their collaboration process to really answer the call and share their medicine through sacred sounds. So you can check out the show notes below and you can also check out in uh, the newsletter that I sent to support their Kickstarter alongside a link to their music on Spotify. But I'm really excited to be sharing this conversation with I'm really excited for you to check in and to dive into this episode. And so grab yourself some tea, really feel into it, and just believe in the power of the music because I do. I I always have. And to see where all this is going, I have so much faith in our future. So without further ado, I'm excited to be sharing with you Jai Chand and Grayson where we're here talking about inclusivity and intersectionality in the spiritual community and in the golden era. Enjoy. Hello, hello, Sat Nam, and welcome. I'm so excited to be having this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast because this has literally been like on my mind and on my heart since April. <laughs> since we were all at Sat Nam Fest together in Malibu, and I'm even more excited because it's like a part of me gets to like reactivate the music journalist in me that once was and will always be, you know? And I'm really grateful because I have two incredible artists that it just feels really fresh, you know, as being a Kundalini yoga teacher for five years now and finding music that just like hits the soul and like speaks to me and just resonates on my frequency i finally found it is what it feels like so i've got jai chen and grayson here and honestly it's just like it's been so refreshing to have something fresh in the kundalini music world and you know a lot of us i mean i dj like feather and dot dj with me when i teach at festivals and you know just having more options and more like soul. This is soul, Kundalini soul music for me. And so I'm really grateful to have these two. I met them at Satnam Fest, like I said, in April. And it was, uh, it was just really refreshing to see more, you know, millennial young people like really answering the call and being this like the next wave really of the kundalini teachers and the three of us here are all kundalini teachers and so it's it's just like i said it's just really refreshing to be able to to see where this is going you know and we're going i just like we're getting creeping up closer and closer to this like 2020 crystal vision year And, you know, and I just think that like a lot of us are here answering the call and I know these two are. And so um, I'm really excited to be having this conversation with them because they are currently recording and preparing to record their first album, which has literally been like a hallelujah answer to fucking prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Because I need new music in my classes, damn it. No, but really like... (laughs) I'm beyond stoked that these two are following their dharma and answering the call and just really sharing something unique and fresh and just like romantic and really beautiful. Oh yeah, I said it. So thank you to the two of you for being here and for sharing your medicine and again, just answering the call. 
Thank you. It's so funny that you say romantic because people often think that we're together as like a romantic couple. And then and then they like get to talk to me a little bit and they're like, oh, something's not, wait, not what I thought. Um, but <laughs> but it's, it is romantic because it's everything is like for us, like a romance. Like you think like having passion and romance for um, the creative purpose and for, you know, our community and the practice and to spirit and everything is like kind of this, always constantly occurring romance that you're having with something and we really indulge in that and i think that that is like you know when you experience beauty i think that that's that feeling of god when you're opened up to this like nice rope like romantic expression and experience and i think that's what we like to revel in when we are like when we're creating and recording and that's what we're celebrating really Yes. And I, I agree. And I just think it's like the beauty way in a way as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, I just think all of us right now are really answering the call to like dive so deep within and create from that space, from like the bottom of our heart of just like that pure expression, because the world is yearning for so much of that love right now as well. And so, you know, we are in the space where we get to fully embrace who we are. We are in the space where, you know, we understand that each of us are here on a divine mission and each of us have this voice to be shared. And I just feel like there's so much of that activation right now of just speaking and embodying and living our Sat Nam, you know, and um, it, it gives permission. I think so much of our society, it's just like the permission needed you know, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a projector in human design. So I'm a wait for the invitation kind of girl. And that to me is that invitation for me, you know, and, and yeah, it's just been, it's really, it's going to be really fascinating to definitely see how this continues to um, expand and actualize and activate because Kundalini, I mean, how long have the two of you been practicing Kundalini and seeing how much it's evolved, you know, over the years, right? Like, more and more people are interested, more and more people are understanding the medicine of the mantra, the medicine of the practice, the medicine of what we have within ourselves, that kundalini life force within us. And there's no more time for playing small. And that's what this practice allows us to activate our wholeness. So I would just love to hear from the two of you, you know, your journey to kundalini yoga and how you're seeing it transform your life because shit i know it's transformed my life so like over the years and around this time five years ago i was in kundalini teacher training you know and just to see like this is always like a summer is a really good time for me to always like reflect like shit how far i've come you know so i would love to hear your journey on how you found this practice and really like what it's led to you know yeah well I found the practice for the first time in 2013 and it was after kind of like diving into the more like physical side of yoga. So like vinyasa and hatha and I'm a former competitive tennis player. So it was like, I was going from this really physical um, discipline of like practicing for many hours on the court. So it was like such a quick transition to go into the vinyasa practice and I had graduated university and um, was, I went home to St. Louis to visit my family and I kept hearing about Kundalini Yoga and I was just like, 
I don't know, like, I don't know anything about it. It just like kept coming to me. And I had already signed up for my 200 hour vinyasa training in Costa Rica. And so about a week before I left, I did some research and was like, all right, well, there's a Kundalini class just around the corner. Um, I'm going to go in and see what this is all about. And I like read about the teacher and they're like, and her hair is like past her butt. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Anyways, <laughs> I went to, I went to this first class. She had like four gongs like all out in front of her and I was like okay she had mantra music going I just kind of like tiptoed in like wearing my like lululemon black pants and it was like I'm not in the right space it's not like my car yeah <laughs> and I sat down and just like was taking it all in and there were only like two or three other people in the class but the woman who was teaching was so dedicated to the teachings and like really dove into the explanation and was like she had like the mantra sheets out and like talked about the tune in and everything and the moment that I tuned in I had tears in my eyes and it was like that first class it was like this instant homecoming and so from there I took as much kundalini yoga as I could up until the point where I left for Costa Rica and and then I was in Costa Rica and was like, well, I'm practicing and like learning how to teach vinyasa. But like, meanwhile, I'm, I'm there like doing my spinal flexes, like doing my twists and ego eradicator. And it was so clear to me that in that space, I was, I was already so much more interested in the practice of Kundalini yoga and how much quicker I could get into that space of centering myself and like feeling connected, which is really like the whole purpose of you know, the hour and a half long vinyasa class, it was like, oh, it's only going to take me like maybe three and a half minutes of doing this crazy breath. And I can find that centeredness that I was looking for the whole time. So then my journey from there, it was like, I actually spent two years in Costa Rica and I ended up working for this retreat center and using mantra and voice in a different setting while still chanting Kundalini yoga mantras. But I was sitting in a ritual called the Duni every week. And it was two and a half hours of chanting around a fire, mostly um, Sanskrit mantras. And it was like this active process of feeding the fire. And it was, I mean, that's really where the access of like really dialing into the codes of the universe. It was that sustained practice of chanting in community, in a group with like this central point of like we're all in this fire like this transformation and we're like working it together and that's where I was like okay there's definitely something to the sound current and then flash forward came back to the states and then strictly dove into kundalini yoga and thank god my very uh, she was my first teacher Guru Sandesh she's in St. Louis she's been holding down the community there for like I want to say like 20 years or so. And she was teaching like four or five classes a week. So I would just show up and I was there and I just learned and learned and learned. And then was like, all right, I've got to, I've got to teach. And then I went to the immersion, um, study with Satsiri and was in, you know, in the Española ashram for 28 days. And that was another layer of experience of the practice and being immersed in like the Sikh community and like people who have been in the practice for many, many years. And I mean, my process of relating to Kundalini Yoga has like totally changed 
over the course of time of being like super strict with myself and like always having my head covered and all of this. And I think it's, it's so amazing to realize like the, the relationship with the technology is constantly evolving and it's like, I'm just right now, I feel like I'm in so much more of a balanced and holistic place with it. And I'm just so grateful to have the tools and especially have have the access to the vibration of sound because I think that's really anyone can do it and it's it's accessing that point within yourself and that healing vibration of like using your own voice and using it from your heart and then connecting and sending it out and it's higher dimensional living you know a lot of people don't realize that sound is like seventh dimension it's higher dimensional the sound current, you know, it was like they say, it was the word, you know, and that sound <laughs> is, is everything. It carries the frequency, it carries intention, it carries, it carries that essence of what we will then experience. Yeah. 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 I love that on the website it said that she had hair down to her butt. I think that's really <laughs> amazing. You'll never see her hair. It's always in a turban, but uh, she has hair down to her butt. I was like, so okay. <laughs> like, come to class. Yeah. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> amazing. And Grayson, I would love to hear how you found the practice too. Yeah, for me it was, I was definitely in um I started out with physical asana when I moved to Los Angeles in 2014. Um, so I was doing yeah a lot of like Bikram, vinyasa. Um, and when I would get to those points, and then I was trying to like sit in my room and meditate, because um, that's what I thought you did when you meditated, was just sit in silence. And that, you know, that that is a way to do it. But I was having a lot of difficulty getting there, as most people do. Um, and so I was really into um, really intense physical asana that I got in the vinyasa class. And um, there were these moments and pockets of time through the transitions where I felt my mind completely still and I was just fully in my body and in my breath. And I was going so often that it built up where I was experiencing that most of the class. Um, but then there was something about like the music that they'd be playing or things that the teacher would say that just felt like they, there was no preservation or recognizing that energy. It was like a fitness thing, but I was experiencing something way more metaphysical and um, super beautiful. Um, and then I had a friend um, recommend to me in 2016. So I've only been doing it for about three years. Um, 2016, he recommended that I should go um, to Golden Bridge in uh, Santa Monica. And, um, yeah, I was in a super flexible, like, I'll try anything. Like, I didn't really have a lot of, res like, responsibilities, and I was just, like, searching. Um, and I remember the same as Jai Chand. It was, like, the first time I walked in, I was wearing my black tank top with my black shorts. Um, I was looking at all the pictures of, like, the deities and the gurus and um, looking at a picture of Guru Nanak and being like, this guy is, like, staring deeply into me right now like he's <laughs> me, and I was just so fixed on this portrait of Guru Nanak and um, um, I remember we tuned in for the first time and yeah same as like I was like whoa I get to use my voice and like 
resonate. Like that's so, that's so cool. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm into it. Um, and then I remember just the immediate feeling of openness and that drop deeply into meditation and immediately knowing that it was the first, it was like, it was, it was the first of many. Um, and, uh, after the class, the teacher that Dave, she came up to me and she was like, I'm allowed to offer a scholarship to the teacher training happening this fall to one person. And I feel like I just need to let you know about that. Oh <laughs> and, my God. That's amazing. And, I know. And it was kind of aligning perfectly because I was actually, I did it for about a week and a half every day for a week and a half. Um, and then I went and I lived in Sweden for about three months and the teacher training was starting like two days after I got back. So it was totally divinely orchestrated that this was happening. Um, and yeah, I did the longer teacher training. I did mine over the course of six months. And that was a really crazy time where, um, uh, you know, lost the house that I was living in, relationships ended, got like two jobs, lost both of them. Um, I met this one here, I met Jai Chand. Um, and just like, it just completely rattled my life um, in like the best possible way. Um, and it really still has, I, I, I'm so grateful for the practice and that first experience because you know, I wouldn't be here without it. I wouldn't be doing all of these amazing things and feel so at home in my community if it wasn't for this practice. And so even if, you know, I go, you know, several days or a week or however long without doing a physical practice, you know, I still have so much gratitude for it and um, the way that it has shaped my life. And, you know, that activation, that Kundalini rising, like really experiencing that and um, knowing what that is and being able to say like that, that has happened to me, that is happening to me. And I'm so grateful to be able to go to be on this path. Um, and especially with like, cool people that I love like you guys, you know, it's just like so awesome for us to be able to just be here and talk about it. Like that just is so cool to me. Like, yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's, I had like the best time at Satnam Fest with you guys. And it was just like, I, it was a last minute jump on. I was mm -hmm. like, I've been before and, you know, it used to be literally across the street from my house. And then they moved it to Malibu, which was a godsend because it wasn't hot as hell. And oh. it was just like all the fairies flying around. Remember that? Just walking and seeing like all these like fairies, like, oh yeah. my, it was so magical. Especially yeah. right at like so close after the fires in Malibu too. I just think like oh. we were, we were called to really help bring in the Satanama, that rebirth of the space, mm -hmm. you know? And just, cause I remember we were, I was eating lunch. I think I was with like, um, Icona and uh, Satsiri and Tommy Ronson and we were just looking and we looked over to the left and you see on the hill on the left all the trees are burnt and then you see the hill on the right all the trees were green and it was just like such yeah. a crazy contrast you know to see like this canyon and where we were and the rebirth that was happening that was at the space that we were all cultivating together as well and I'm I mean, I'm sure you, based off of what you just said, like you feel, I know I do, like Kundalini helped bring my rebirth mm -hmm. in a very strong way. You know, I found the practice, like I found the practice from a Pinterest quiz years ago. It was like, which yoga practice is right for you? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I like to sing. And then 
I was, I was going to do, I was going to do a thousand hour, uh, yoga therapy certification, uh, training. And then the studio in Encinitas that I was going to do it at, they, it was the first time they were offering Kundalini yoga teacher training. And I jumped on it without ever taking a class before, just because I had this like intuitive knowing, like, you know, I did this quiz and it told me like, it sounds familiar. And I had a Kundalini, I had a Kundalini activation. I don't know. Did you guys have Kundalini activations before the practice? Cause I had mine in 2012 around like this time, seven years ago, um, without even knowing what it was, you know? And, um, I would just, you know, what would you say with that? Like, would you say knowing what you know now, do you feel as though before you started doing the Kundalini yoga that you had a Kundalini activation? Yeah, I had mine, um, around March, April, 2013. Um, and it was, it was a very, it was like, uh, you need to completely switch your life around type of activation. And, um, it started with like receiving messages that I couldn't avoid. And then it turned into basically very nonchalantly seeing God in everything that I was looking at. And it, like, it was like everything that I was experiencing. It was like total unity. And I didn't grow up in a religious family. So it was like to feel that experience of God in everything. And, feel that unity it was I mean it was full-blown like very very um intense at a certain point and you know did look like uh I may have gone off the rocker a little bit <laughs> at a certain point and I did have to eventually yeah. come down to earth and um which is like part of part of the healing for me is like knowing that I can be in that space of like being completely out there and like totally gone. It's like the Kundalini practice is like, it gives me that dose of it, but in a much more controlled and grounded way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think like, that's just the invitation for all of us to really like embody why we're here, you know, and who we're here to, what we're here to do. And there's just this whole, like, uh, it's just, yeah, the activation. It's just like, you know, we came here when we did. We incarnated, incarnated here when we did. Like, the blueprint that we carry is here with us. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think mine was way more gradual. Um, I think, like, when I first, when I first moved to Los Angeles and I was having these, like, really spiritual experiences, they were because I was, like, doing a lot of drugs um and that was like yeah it was so ungrounded um it and it was like i didn't know how to connect the two i didn't know what i i knew what was real like physically i thought mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it com that completely turned my life upside down i had this really fixed idea of what my life was going to be and then i started experiencing these higher dimensions and these kind of alternate realities and this different way of approaching um and seeing the world around me and i didn't know what i i was overwhelmed by it so much and i was scared of it and it kind of brought me into a I don't know if it brought me into a depression or if um, the, the, the depression kind of arose and was like, was like more like Purging leaving out. me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. And so um, I think, I think, you know, you can maybe have two different experiences. I think those are both valid. Um, but I know that 
for me, it was super rough and I like had to move back home and reground myself and really evaluate what my life was and what I wanted to do and um, make some really clear goals. And um, I had some really beautiful grounding experiences in yoga. Um, and so the Kundalini, that just, it tied everything together because um, we really are this like conduit and what it's doing is it's grounding us. It's like this pulling motion. You pull, you pull up just like you're really straightening your spine and you're lifting that energy up and you're doing that mulabund and you're lifting and you're elongating, but then you're still like grounding yourself deep into the earth. So you're acting as this tree, you know, it's not like a, um, it's not like you're just completely blasting off. Um, some people have that experience and um but i know for me it was like a really grounding experience within my voice and my body and still having this really beautiful um access to to the, to the ethers and higher dimensions mm, yeah and i mean i have a, my journey was very similar to yours grayson in that way of like you know, I, I remember the first time I found God, like really other than like, I was in a very strong Catholic family growing up, super Italian. And, um, I had a deeper connection with God. You know, I had, I feel like I had first my Kundalini activations working with MDMA and being at a festival gathering and, oh my God, this is God. Like I'm finally connecting with God after 23 years of like wanting this connection problem was there was that abuse of the of drugs and MDMA and all these things and I had to hit a rock bottom and I think when I had my Kundalini activation for the first time little did I know two months later would I be struck by lightning and you know have to like really go through this process of oh. go navigating through this again you know and and the the polarity of it and it's just it's interesting because you know from the past and the history that's brought me to kundalini yoga and this practice it's like i can have a deeper compassion when i run into people or i see people that may be abusing medicines or drugs and having these kundalini activations that aren't grounded but still be able to hold that container and you know let them know that they're they're not alone and i think that's i think that's part of like my purpose in our community, you know, like I remember when I was at Salt Nam Fest, I was telling um, Guru Singh, oh no, not Guru Singh, I was telling Guru Mir, who was one of my teachers in teacher training that, um, you know, I'm the psychedelic Kundalini Yogi. Like I definitely see myself as the one that's there to hold, hold that conduit. And I mean, you two perform a lot at like festivals that are so that are sober based, but like I'm teaching at festivals that aren't. <laughs> and it's a different kind of container that I have to hold and carry within myself to make sure that my students are safe because the Kundalini energy is so strong. And if you're not ready for it, it can rock you to the fucking core. And I know that was my experience, you know, and it was a lot of healing that I had to um, navigate through and strengthen my aura. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that your aura, you know, all that trauma, it's, there's holes in it and the density of the world comes in and drains you. So, I mean, I'm interested to hear from you two, like what, what are you seeing, you know, cause like you're, you're teaching at these spaces, like I said, like Satnam Fest and things like that, but in the, in the, in the real world or the default world, we burners call it, like, what do you see as like, that you're navigating through as this conduit that is, you know, being the sacred vessel and, and really 
to being, you know, doing your Dharma of holding that container and, and helping people heal through your voice, through your music. Like, what are you seeing happening right now? Hmm. I know. Um, so you talked about that you're a projector within human design and um, I'm a reflector. And um, I know that I just, I, I feel so much and I'm really, um, I understand that a lot of, and all of basically according to human design, what I feel is not mine. So I know that when I'm in um, spaces and I feel any type of way, you know, I can under, I can, I can really tune into the energy of the space. Um, and what I, what I notice is a lot of people um, aren't aware of how to receive um, especially aren't aware how to receive compassion and love from perhaps a total stranger. And so I'm, so what, what, what I experience is a lot of walls. Um, a lot of people, um, kind of, uh, just putting a wall over themselves, protecting themselves. Um, and a lot of, a lot of like skepticism, which can be healthy, um, definitely, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot of distrust personally from, and um, for me, what, what, what that means is just to um, respect people's boundaries and respect people, um, but always coming across and always applying compassion um, is a really, really big thing for me, no matter where someone is in their life and really actually practicing empathy. Um, and compassion towards people. And I think that's all people want. And people don't necessarily know that they're receiving it when they receive it. Um, but how many times have you just deeply appreciated like someone being really kind to you or someone being that you didn't know, someone being super compassionate to you and just seeing you. You know, I, I, I remember before I had any sort of spiritual awakening, those moments were always so strange for me when someone was just like willingly being super nice and compassionate towards me and how I didn't necessarily trust it. So I feel now that I'm being called to be more compassionate and present with people than I ever have been. Okay. So with that, this is where I know perfect segue into what we were talking about back at San Anfas about the intersectionality and bringing in the diversity. You know, I think like, for people that may come into our community or whatever, they're like, oh my God, everyone's wearing white. Oh my God, everyone's wearing turbans. Oh my God, everyone is white. Like majority of people are white. And it's a very, it's a practice that, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of money in there and there's a lot of like that financial abundance and being able to allow this practice to be available, you know, to people that, that need it or, allowing um, groups of people to be seen or recognized and honored. What do you feel like? I don't know. It's just, it's really fascinating to me just watching and being in that observer of, you know, the, how do we include more LGBTQ? How do we bring in more um, people of color? Like how, like, what are these, what, how do we blend this in? So it's not just like this, like, I don't want to say like white supremacist path, but like, it's just like, it's mostly white people that, you know, going into this practice because these people that are um, in this diverse communities, there's so many much healing that needs to be had in those communities, you know, like 
uh, we're, we're seeing more conversations about reparations, you know, for, and we're seeing these more conversations on non-binary and all these things. Like, how do we start to really bring these groups and bring the practices into the groups so that we can all rise up together and not have this teeter-tottered imbalanced kind of uh, rising, you know, as, as a collective, as the golden era. Mm, yeah. I think, first of all, there has to be people who want it, you know, like people have to want to be able to see the diversity and have to be willing to do the work in order to make it happen. Um, and that is doing whatever sort of outreach that you can possibly do to those communities. And um, I think acknowledging that there is a problem with diversity within the community, that's a really great first step. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people, I mean, I know um, uh, Krishna Kar, she's doing a lot of beautiful things with Yoga for Youth. And she's going to a lot of, I mean, mostly minority um, people you know, and young youth settings. Um, and so I really do, I, I know that within the next 10, 15 years, we're going to be seeing a way, way more within the community, a lot of diversity. Um, I'm seeing some outreach happening, but um, in terms of accessibility, I don't, I don't know if it's there. I don't know if, ex if accessibility within the Kundalini Yoga community is there yet. I don't know. I don't feel like it totally is. Um, a lot of things are very expensive. Um, they don't totally seem approachable because you have a white person wearing all white with a turban on their head. And um, just for me, that I don't like, I Cultural was- Cultural appropriation, like people yeah. can have that feeling, definitely. Totally, yeah. And I, I know, I know I did. Um, and so I feel like um, yeah, I, I, it has to be accessible for people. And I, I'm pretty sure, I, I, I know a great way for that to happen is for um, us to be authentic to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I don't feel like wearing a turban, I'm not going to wear one. Um, if I don't feel like wearing all white, I'm not gonna wear all white. Like I'm just not gonna do it. Um, when I go to these festivals, I don't wear all white. Um, because it doesn't feel authentic to me and I'm able to gauge that and I'm able, like, I, I know, okay, this does not align with me. I see the older generation doing, doing this, still having respect for that and still, um, honoring them for that being, um, their authentic expression right now as themselves, but then also honoring myself for what my authentic expression is. So that we can break that dogma, like that this is what it needs to be. Right. And. I think that's been, that was the biggest awakening I had at, at Satnam Fest was really standing, standing in my truth and being like, I'm not, I'm not complying to the dogmas of anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, I, I think the more, like you said, the more that we are in that embodiment of like, this is my non-negotiable that, you know, of not doing that, it gives permission for others to be, to feel safe to say that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's why we feel like it's so important for us to really be super out there within our community and really present. Um, we were talking at Satnam Fest with two of our friends. Um, you know, it's really important for us to show this community and to show the older generation that we are committed. 
you know, we are, we are, we are committed to this path. And I think that's something that they want to see and that they just want to know, because ultimately one day they're going to have to hand it over. Yeah. You know, the power has to transfer to the next generation um, for the teachings to be continued, you know, but it's, there has to be harmony within that um, and trust within that and communication. So, um, so that's where that. the inclusivity really needs to really mm -hmm. show because our generation, we are way a lot more inclusive as a, as a greater picture than, than the older generations, you know, yes, maybe in our community, they can be more inclusive. But when you look at the bigger scope of that generation, there's still a lot of racism. There's still a lot of prejudice. There's still a lot, you know, and that, that is still, there's an awareness that we have of that, you know? And so how are we willing to choose differently? How are we going to rise up and say, we see you and we know what's actually real with the capital R, you know, and what is truth with the capital T. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, for me, it just, it, it really just goes back to making sure that there is like really clear communication and really listening to them as to what they want and really like, um, honoring that and then they need to honor it within us as well mm -hmm. trust us yeah you know and i think so much of our generation they like they doubt us like oh you overprivileged like millennials it's like we're fucking cleaning up your generation's mess like yeah yeah we're gonna be we're the, we're ones. the ones that are cleaning shit up you know and doing our best here and i i, I definitely agree with you on that i mean i think that's that's part of my dharma as at teaching at these festivals that aren't necessarily yoga festivals, you know, like I taught a class um, at a festival like the week after Satnam Fest. That was my intention. I was like, I'm going to Satnam Fest to fill up my cup because I know I'm going to be teaching a class where people are going to be on different medicines. I know like they're going to be coming in and a lot of these other teachers don't know how to handle it because they have chose the path that the more the pure path, which is great. That's their choice. I, I'm someone, like I said, the psychedelic Kundalini Yogi, where I, I, I expand and I explore these other, these other ways of consciousness and higher dimensions, but I can hold that container that maybe someone else couldn't, that may be overwhelming for them, mm -hmm. you know? And the class that I taught, it was called Releasing Your Shit, and I made it, you know, and I had 60 people show up at a festival that before I would have maybe like six if I were lucky on that Saturday night, 60 people show up. Most of them were men and I had a ton of people of color there. And this one man came up to me and he told me I was dad's incarcerated and you know, he's choosing, he's been on the spiritual path now for three years and he's choosing to, to be that sacred disruptor to not have him be the next generation that's gonna be incarcerated. You know, and that's what I feel like our generation is here. Like we're the most intelligent generation there's been, <laughs> you know, that we've experienced on this planet. And so I definitely do feel like we are able to have that like hawk perspective more so of what's happening. And of course, there's there's a disruption that's going on to what's been. But what's been is no longer working. It can't. We're in a new age. Like it, like vibrationally, it can't work. Like we have to adapt to the new system, to the Aquarian age. That's the whole point, and that's what Yogi Bhajan was preparing for us. But he had to be able to access them in the way that they knew, 
right? So yeah. he had to go through this Piscean way mm -hmm. to be able to get them to listen to him. Um, and then a lot of them don't let go of that. You know, they talk mm -hmm. about the Aquarian age, but I don't know. I don't know, you know, if they really know what it is. I don't know if I totally know what it is. Um, you know, we're it's still, still so fresh. Yeah, yeah, it's still so fresh, you know, and the the one thing about the Aquarian Age that keeps coming up to me is in the Aquarian Age, there are no secrets. Yogi Bhajan said in the Aquarian Age, there are no secrets. Um, and so that's why, like, it just makes total sense to me that so much shit is being swept out under the rug and so many people are, like, experiencing so much trauma and, like, so many things are being brought to light because there yeah. can't... You know, it's like it it all has to happen in order for this age to continue. Well, that's like what's going on with the border right now, you know, yeah. and there's, you know, I, I got I was on a four month social media break and I went back on because no one else was talking about it that I was like, I got to talk how, you know, this security company, a call security that was started by Yogi Bhajan. And then there's stories that went and did their own path, but they're one of the contractors that are doing the freaking border, which is so against the principles of the Aquarian age. And so one of my girlfriends, Jessica from Mantras and Miracles, she's really being vocal about it. And she's talking about it. I talked about it. Like, again, no secrets. Like we're being like, this is bullshit. How can you be saying that you're about community and, and all these things? But there's this, this company just because of profits that is completely unaligned with the ethos that was the root of the company. And so, you know, having more of these conversations with Kundalini yogis, you know, about what's going on and how we can use our voice to like educate and speak up. Like that's what this platform is for me. Sovereign society is like, I want to have this platform where people I'm, I'm here to shake shit up. Like I'm not, I'm not a surface level bitch. I've never have been, you know, like I'm about like shaking shit up to the core so that we can really have real conversations about what's going on to educate and then do something about it. Right. Like we can talk, but there's the action that needs to be done too. Yeah. And, and having that conversation in the community, like, they're the alignment of what you're saying, walking the talk is critical in this time, in this day and age, which is bringing, again, the intersectionality where people are coming into the community being who they are. Like you said, if I don't want to wear like a turban, I'm not, yeah. you know, and I, that's, that's kind of like, um, I, it's, it's kind of a disruption and a rebellion that's kind of happening, you know, where it's like, there is the the ethos and the trust that we still have. And there's also the awareness of like, this is who I am. For sure. And I think all of the teachings are there in support of authentic expression of self and honoring each and every single person as a being of light and love. You know, we are all a part of this. We are all one, you know. Um, but then there's... I mean, within any human being, you're going to find ego, you know, and there's going to be, there's going to be, you know, possible judgment. So um, I think putting, there's a, I have, I love the respecting your elders, you know, I, I understand that so much. Um, but 
you know, there's a lot of old people that I just don't respect. Um, and, um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of really The respect can come from seeing that they are acting the way that they are. You're respecting their inner child. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't have to respect all their actions that they do because a lot of times the actions come from that trauma or that act, those actions come from, uh, the unawareness and yeah. the unconscious. Mm -hmm. rather than staying true. And I think that's another reason why this practice is really coming up strong right now is because like we need more people in their, in their Dharma, in their Sat Nam, in their truth. And there's a, that's why we came here when we did. Yeah. We took a really beautiful class at Sat Nam Fest with, um, I can't remember. Uh, it was a, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It was an older couple um dr shamrong yeah dr shamrong and his and his wife and she was talking about and it was honestly something that i wouldn't have expected to hear someone talk about from you know the older generation who's been doing this for 30 40 years um she was saying that about 20 years into her practice or so she realized that she had completely abandoned who she was before she began this practice and adopted this spiritual name and started really diving into the teachings and following Yogi Bhajan. And she realized that she couldn't ignore it anymore and that she had to identify and really acknowledge um, who she was before that and really um, kind of unite the two. And it was a really beautiful experience because I'm, I'm glad that I'm hearing that now kind of in the really you know, like the early stages compared to someone doing this for 40 years, hearing that, because I have personally gone through, um, you know, going by my birth name, then adopting my spiritual name, Tegion, and solely going by that and only identifying as that, um, as a means to be able to say, okay, Grayson's gone now. Like, we don't need to look at him anymore. He's gone. Like, I'm now Tegion kundalini yoga teacher you know and um it was this it was this really uh spiritual bypassing at its finest mm -hmm. um but to be able to witness someone in the older generation saying that they had experienced that too and um it was it was really powerful yeah and speaking of that i would love to hear too because i've heard jai chen that that's how you found your voice too was through kundalini yoga and you know, and you coming into your voice, you know, through this practice and sharing that and now allowing your nod, your sound current to, you know, be in people's meditations, you're you, like guiding through, you know, and again, being in that romantic, romantic relationship to the, the ethers and the soul of the person that's listening and creating this, both of you creating this like this 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 beautiful like marriage relationship like conglomerate thing that is I don't even know how to describe it I don't know I just feel so good anytime like I'm in my house and I'm listening to your music like almost every day but I would love to hear too like you finding your voice and adopting your spiritual name and really feeling in this space of who you are and who what you're here to share and serve yeah. Um, wow. I think when it was like, it was so funny receiving that spiritual name. I was like, 
I was just about to head to um, the immersion in New Mexico and I got it and I was like, okay, that's, that's it. Like, bye. Goodbye, cat. Like, it was nice knowing you. Thank you for the first like 20, I don't know how many years, 20 something years of my life. And um, I mean, I completely, I completely avoided and wiped out like anything that I was previously. And I tried to like go as, as deeply into the teachings, like not shaving my legs, like always being like very modestly covered. And I'm coming from a passive, like, festival girl like partying like crazy high heels like full makeup like all of that so it was like I went from one side of the spectrum to the other and I'm sure like outsiders looking in were like what the fuck is going on (laughs) oh yeah and so but I did it and I'm I'm clearly an extremist I have to go like all the way in to like figure things out and I did it and and then like gradually like have been stepping back and like I just I mean it's like finding the balance with it and but it it is through the vibration and the sound current it was like as soon as I found the practice I knew that it was the mantra and like the Aquarian sadhana like every single day um in New Mexico I was in Aquarian sadhana and I stayed after for Gurdwara just so I could chant and it was like it was such a connection and um, cleansing. It was like, I was like clearing through so much shit that I had in my heart through the sound current and being able to connect and express it and express that like longing that I had to merge again with, with the infinite. And it was like, the sound current was that access point to be like, like I know you're there and like I know you're always with me and like it's through this point that I can like feel some sense of like oh like here it is again like here I am again um but finding it's like finding myself and I feel like I'm still finding my voice it's I it's much easier for me to express through music rather than through words so um, the collaboration with Grayson has been so amazing because we're both, uh, it's, it, it is so soulful. It's like the connection between us and then the connection to the infinite through that, I feel like is what, what is coming through. It's like, we're both in this space of longing and yearning and it's like, I, ooey gooey heart. It's a party. It's a party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's always gotta be fun. If it's not fun, there's no point. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. It really is like a celebration of because I mean we met in a Kundalini yoga class. Like that's when we that's when we met, and it was, and I mean, frankly and honestly, it was after like a really huge, um, like a really, like it's really sad point in my life, and. Um, the only thing that I could think of to get me out of it was to um, go to a Kundalini class. Um, and this was in the middle of my teacher training. And um, I remember, yeah, like having just like a really, really 
dark, dark period over several days. And I knew the only thing to get me out of it was going to my favorite class. And um, I went and someone introduced the two of us and I wasn't able physically to speak at the time um, just because I had this like mouth injury. But I mean, I mean, I just, I knew the second that we looked at each other that there was this like, there was this beautiful connection. And I remember being so like in my shit and so upset and in like the depths of like some of the darkest times I've ever been in. And I remember I looked over at you and um, our friend introduced us and she was like, you need to meet, uh, you need to meet Jai Chen. And I looked over and I just was like, mm, like talking through this like gauzed mouth. And um, the way that she looked at me, I remember immediately feeling like I was okay to be there and that it was like, that connection to me was just like a, like the door opening slightly to a different room where I was safe, you know. And I knew that I was I knew that I was safe, um, and that's like the foundation of it all, really. Um, it's been and just we're 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 just continuing that, and we're going through these different levels. And when we have these beautiful moments when we're rehearsing and creating, like we have been for the last week. Um, just those moments where we just get lost and, and the identity of us, they just, they go away. Like it's not our story and Grayson and Jay yeah. Chand and all that. It goes, it goes away because we merge through the sound to the infinite and to be able to experience that together, knowing that we, we created that together. We created that pathway for ourselves together. Um, that's what, that's, that's just what we love to do. And, you know, it started out just doing it for us. And I think just because we love doing it, it'll always be something for us. But the fact that we get to share it and we get to put it out and we get to um, help other people experience that, it, it's, just, it's just such a gift and such a blessing. And it's a really beautiful way to be able to give back. So what was, what was it that within the two of you that was like, okay, we need to collaborate and make music together. Like what was that initiation or that invitation that was like, the time is now, like, let's stop, let's stop fucking around. Let's get real. Like the time is now, like, let's start sharing our medicine. Mm. Think, do you think it was in New York? Like when we were, cause we had been putting out videos ever since we met, we like put out little stuff of us singing together because um, our, actually when, our first like time hanging out together was on our way to Satnam Fest, uh, Joshua Tree, and I was giving her a ride. And we were sitting in the back of, she was sitting in the back of my car and um, we were listening to Jai Jagdish. It's so funny, cause now she's like a great friend of ours, but we were like listening to her and singing along. And I was like, Jai Jagdish is my favorite. And then Jai Chan was like, yeah, me too. And then we both were like singing the whole time together. And I think we knew, and I, and I remember being like, you have a good voice. <laughs> and and um, I was like, you too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so, and then it was kind of, and then once we got back to LA, we were, well, when we got back to LA, we started doing um, at a local studio, kind of our like, initiation into friendship was doing 40 days of long neck on cars together three days of that kudos yeah. Fuck. yeah i was unconscious for most of it don't get me wrong like i wasn't standing up the whole time like that's yeah, this one was um but i remember 
that just being like a crazy initiation into our friendship and us like really experiencing the sound current together that's really the foundation of our of our friendship mm -hmm. um and our collaborating is this like sound current that we just love to create together it's been a gradual process though you know we we started like leading sadhana a little bit here and there mm -hmm. and then we went to winter solstice and that's when actually gobini mukande dropped in we were sitting at our friend's booth in the bazaar and Grayson just starts finger plucking on his little ukulele in this crowded building right before the Yogi Tea Cafe. Yeah, right before the little talent show that they have there. And and then the melody dropped in and we're like, we should do that. And we had a time slot and we're like, all right, we're gonna perform this. And so I think like it was this like snowballing effect of like, oh, and this is who we want to play with, our dear friend who plays incredible percussion Jai Jot and like he was there and it was it's just been this beautiful cyclone and um when we were in New York I was like we need to make the album we need to make the album and you're like all it takes is one song like one seed and yeah. that was that's what it feels like is Gobine Mukande like we didn't need to like force anything and be like oh here's this whole album it was like here's this song like literally recorded in 12 hours one day in our friend trips apartment his like sweet little recording studio and we just spent one day recorded it and voila yeah yeah and it's so funny because the kind of start of that i i remember talking to because i went to um i went to spend time with jai jagadish in virginia um after her and i got you know close we became friends and she asked me to photograph um uh, the cover for her upcoming album and um so I was telling her all about how, you know, Jai Chant, like we, we want to record an album. We have so many songs that we're sitting on. We have so much that we want to do. And she said, if you get something recorded by March, so this was, this was December of last year. She said, if you get something recorded by March, like, well, you know, like I, I will like promote it for you. Like I'll talk about it. And that was a huge, like I, we just needed, I think someone, well, it helps. The it's the Aquarian age. It's community. Yeah. You don't have to do this alone anymore. Right. Yeah. It helped having someone be like, hey, if you want to, if you are really serious about it, like I'll do X, Y, Z. Um, and so that was huge for us. And so the moment the time came and um, yeah, we, we, we just decided to do it. I remember I was looking at a penny. It came from looking at a penny that I was like, it's just one. Like this penny symbolizes so much. This penny is the start of a dollar, of $10, of a million dollars, of an entire empire. What this penny symbolizes is just a seed. That's so it's beautiful, Grayson. And so- oh, that makes me I, emotional. <laughs> so no, it's, just, it's, it's all around us, right? It's all around us. Like it's, it's always there. Like we can tap into that infinite, That's that infinity. So beautiful. I remember I was looking at a penny and I was like, it's just one. And I looked at her and I was like, we just have to record one single and that's it. And um, the community again came and supported us. And it's just wild how it's kind of rolled out. But it feels like, of course, like, of course. The community is craving it though, too. You mm -hmm. know, like I said, like, it's just a breath of fresh air, like finding music that 
is a, at a at a frequency that feels natural that I would naturally incline to listen to, you know, and there's been so much of like the older songs and the older teachers, which are still so beautiful, of course, mm -hmm. something fresh, you know, to yeah. keep the substance going. And it's a really beautiful invitation for others who may already be like, everyone's wearing white. They're all wearing turbans. Like, what am I diving into? And just a lot, let the music speak, like letting the music speak in a way that, entices them to dive in deeper and we need more of that in the world right now of these people like with the permission to to go in a little deeper so then now you're you're in this process of having this kickstarter where you're ready to create the album with ram das which is amazing and you know, I would love to hear what you're all feeling with that. And, you know, I saw before we jumped on that you're about, you know, a thousand plus over now from when we record right now. And your goal is 5,555. And, you know, I would love to hear just like, what, what are you feeling that like with this whole process and, and, and how it's unfolding? It's been, it's been beautiful. Um, like I said, we have a lot and we've had a lot of like content. I mean, if you go into any one of our voice memos on our phones, it's just like constant, like this melody for this mantra and this song and this, that. So we have a lot that we're sitting on that we're just kind of been compiling together, but you know, we have these amazing musicians who we really want to be a part of um, the recording process. And we're so grateful to be able to have Ram Das on board and um, thankful, um, you know, for the kindness of our family, you know, for being huge supports in that as well. And um, really what this um, GoFundMe is um, for is really so that we can make sure that like the people who are working on this are, um, they are well respected in the way that for like the work that they do, the, the amount of the amount of work that they're going to be doing for days, you know, we want to make sure that they're well taken care of. Um, because energetically, you know, that's just what's that's it's it just what needs to happen going into the album. So we have these musicians who we love and we respect so much and we got to get them there and we got to pay them. Um, and right now we are at a place where we look to our community and we ask for help and we ask for assistance. Um, that's why we're able, here. Yeah. To be able, and that's why we're so grateful for you, you know, to be able to keep like, to be able to keep supporting one another, you know, like for us to keep, we'll keep showing up regardless. Um, but to be able to keep the evolution of it going and it moving and to see this, um, to its fullest potential, you know, the next um, level, just keep taking it to the next level too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're super excited about. And the process has been so much fun. Yeah. And it's, it's not just mantra. It's, it's kind of a more, uh, holistic expression of, yeah, it's of a little, what has been coming through. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of eclectic is what I like to call Amazing. it. Definitely but, it's, some but, it, but it's authentic to you. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's authentic to us. I mean, she sent me the lyrics. She sent me these lyrics, um, on her, on, um, just, she texted them to me and immediately this, like, this like melody came in that is just like a full, it's a full on pop song. Like it's full on like dance pop song. Um, just like yumminess. And that's like 
you know, it's like things that we listened to when we were growing up. And I think a lot of younger people will be able to relate to it for sure. Um, through this like cool delivery of it being like, not mantra, but also like kind of, I mean, who's, I mean, mantra is just um, this, like a vibration within the mind, you know? So anything is a mantra um, we heard today, you're, we're, we're constantly saying mantras to ourselves always. Mm -hmm. The subconscious mind is constantly talking to itself and telling our mind things. And um, what mantra does is, and these really high vibrational mantras is it goes through and it permeates all of that, cuts it like a knife and just infiltrates this um, beautiful higher dimension within our subconscious. Um, but we have some of that. And then we have some like really beautiful songs in English and um, we're just, it's, 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 us. it's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a full circle whole experience. Yeah. That, that is also very um, inviting, you know, to to someone of like maybe they find one of those and then they're so mesmerized and by by the nod there that they start learning and activating more of the, the sacred sound current through the mantra and want to learn more. I mean, I have my my youngest listener, one of my youngest listeners on my podcast. She's a little eighth grader and she's teaching her mom about kundalini and stuff that she's learning you know and like it's so really cool. sweet you know and i just think that the, the the this generation below us like they're from a whole different millennia and mm -hmm. they require different frequencies to sustain themselves yeah you know and i just feel it's not going anywhere if anything is going to continue to expand is what I'm feeling. Yeah, and I feel like that's really part of our mission is, yeah, we've been, we've been performing at yoga festivals and yoga classes and all of this, and, but the big mission is to be delivering the sound current to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to access it. So not waiting for people to come to a Kundalini yoga class, but being on a stage and having people listen to the sound current and having a full experience, you know, in a festival arena where they're like, oh my gosh, like this, it's the sound. And like just realizing the potency of the sound and how, how much of an impact it can have on you. It's like my first transcendental experiences were at festivals and through the use of drugs. But with the sound current, it's like you can access that same place without, without taking anything. And I think totally. just coming into those arenas, like just like you are, you're teaching in these spaces and it's it's the music i feel is that first draw it's like they hear it and it's like okay i'm feeling different if they're turned off by like the the turban or like the weirdness of the practice they could listen to the mantra and have an effect and then they can start chanting it and then have another effect it's like just getting meeting people where they're at and i think music is that universal language that everyone can connect to mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. And that's why it was really important that I wanted to have this conversation with you all, you know, because I started this path, like my entrepreneurial path as a music journalist and interviewing DJs at festivals and gatherings. And now I, like I said, I teach at these spaces and my whole mission is just to be that, that sacred vessel for people to have that transformation and to see them, where, like you said, where they are. 
you know, because we're all in different parts and we're all just here to help walk each other home in that way. And I just, I'm so excited to see and to continue to witness like your journey and the, the path and the impact your, your nod is, is making in the collective and how, you know, it, it helps people feel good and helps people like want to heal themselves and wants to help people expand their consciousness and their awareness and the most important thing and how they can best serve, you know, as their full embodied self. And so uh, to wrap it up, I just want to ask a few la quick lightning round questions, but what does sovereignty mean to you? Ooh. I mean, fully, it's like this, like, absolute, pure, authentic experience. Um, and I think recognizing the sovereignty in others is um, a huge part of that as well. It's like just fully honoring and recognizing your true self um, within your connection to um, whatever, whoever you pray to, whoever you look at, you know, whoever it, your, your, your community, it's that relationship that authentic relationship that you have to the thing that makes you keep falling in love with yourself i love that what would you say to younger cat and what would you say to younger grayson just take a fucking chill pill just calm down <laughs> like just like like give him a big stinking hug um and just say like it is like it is so okay if people judge you and if you like you know, like it's, it's everything that anyone thinks about you has nothing to do with you and everything to do with themselves. Um, you know, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Like everything is okay. Yeah. Similar message of like, don't take everything so personally, stop comparing yourself to other people and just like know that you are so deeply loved just as you are. You don't have to a thing like do not change at all mm, I love that what would you say would be a really strong animal totem that's coming through lately for you two that has been sending messages and guiding you hawk constant yeah we keep <laughs> especially out here we saw so much I saw a lot at Sotlam Fest like going over the um there was so many of them going over the tent, the big, uh, the tent where all the performers were and all like the big classes. There was, there was a lot of hawk. Medicine. Things. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of bees out here too. Like. Mm, abundance. Yeah. We were just laying out. Um, we were just laying out in the sun for a few minutes. Um, and I remember just being like, I just looking at the flowers and there were just so many, this interconnectivity of, everything and it was just this constant um, vibration yeah vibration. like pollination here yeah. go over here cross communicate this way and it was, it was awesome amazing okay so three years from now where do you see how do you see your music impacting the collective the community the world at large i mean we already have like our next two projects like kind of in not in the works, but they're kind of in the ethers and we're collecting ideas. Um, with two of our really close friends, um, we want to produce a, uh, uh, we want to produce like a dance. 
electronic <laughs> yeah mantra like electronic album. mantra Ew, and like yeah. just really oh, thank just, you that was something to fucking work with yeah right just but uh, yeah and just like think like we just we just really want to have fun with it so you know i definitely see us more um seeing us continuing within festivals and um expanding within our community and um you know we're working on doing some retreats and things where we can you know be together and have people join the two of us um and um doing that and having a space where we can do that and um yeah just like keep performing and keep singing really that's it just keep keep singing i'm gonna say i'm gonna words to express so that it's actually coming in but yeah let's call this in um festivals other than yoga festivals i want this yeah. music to let's do it let's yeah. we can yeah. make that happen we got yes. this not and so it is and it is so like let's do yeah this. that was that was the next thing i was gonna say is like do you see like more like because you have this history you know of festivals do you see more people in that community open to continue to expand 100 percent, absolutely i think it's funny it's like the medicine they're actually looking for you know it's like it's the music that will take you to that place and like even if people are on drugs like great that's where they're at um everyone's gonna have an experience listening to that and and giving people the invitation to access their own voice as well i think is so healing it's just like opening up that space to create the collective sound, which is so much bigger than just like him and I on right. stage singing. It's like here, like this is for you. Like let's yeah. let's do this together. Yeah, and really working with people who are going to help expand that. Work, work, working with different artists, like visual artists, DJs. Um, you know, getting like the full spectrum of of it all. So you know, it's not. Yeah, like oh. some some people will you know enjoy like I'm, I'm like all giddy over here freaking out like, <laughs> I, like i whatever i can do to help make that dream a fucking reality i'm yes, I, i'm here that's that's my that's my arena for sure yeah but it's like just like you know some people will you know and we'll we love to do that the the intimate settings sitting at the harmonium with a guitarist and you know an easy pose and chanting that way like that's beautiful like the kirtan of it is amazing but like why that's stop the there spectrum. that's the full yeah, spectrum let's that. yeah let's give people like a crazy cool visual experience while they're in the nod you know my like, gears in my head right now are like i'm seeing so much shit right now like yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, there's one last thing you want to share with them about like, you know, someone who may be, um, you know, on the path or someone that, you know, where you've once been to where you are now, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you want to share with, with, with someone who's really, really yearning for that remembrance that, you know, that they're really working towards of who they are? Um, I would say Real, like step into that thing that's kind of making you uncomfortable that you don't want to do but you know is going to really help you whether it's talking to that person going to that event taking that class listening to this thing you know like really start to move into that direction of it's uncomfortable but in a way that it's 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 new and you maybe don't understand it um and starting to have like 
just that curiosity and really contemplating it and not being super intense and hard on yourself about anything, but genuinely leaning into curiosity and to a little bit of uncomfortableness um, so that you can help like rediscover yourself um, through a different lens. Um, like allow yourself to evolve and like allow yourself to grow. That's how you'll come back to that, to that love vibration, that loving awareness that is you. I love that. I love that. And then where can we find more of you? Where can we find you on Instagram? The show, the link for your Kickstarter is in the show notes, but where can we find you um, on the gram or wherever, wherever we're yeah, it's at Jai Chankar is my Instagram and the same would be for Facebook. Those are the easiest ways to find find me and find our music videos and everything else that's that's happening. Yeah, and we have our um our joint account um for Instagram. We're gonna create that Facebook one like today. <laughs> um but we've got um Jai Chand underscore Grayson. That's our that's our Instagram. My Instagram is a graceful son. And, you know, we do like our little individual like song things on there. And then we come together and we unite as Jai Chand and Grayson. <laughs> Jai Chand and Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over the world. Well, <laughs> I appreciate the two of you so much, like so much. And, you know, you are Gobinde Mukunde. Like I said, it's like, it's a non-negotiable like morning meditation mantra that I listen to when I'm getting ready. And I'm part of those many views that you guys have on Spotify. So again, if you go follow, listen to the song on Spotify as well, guys, because it is just, I, I had a friend over last night. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm interviewing my friends tomorrow and I got to play you their song. And she's in the, you know, we met at Festival World, like it's my other life, you know? And she's like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And I was like, I know, I'm obsessed. That's why I'm having them on my podcast. So um, I just appreciate the two of you so much for doing the work and for answering the call and being in your dharma. And like I said, like I'm, I'm going to be like the biggest fan that's going to continue to watch this evolution of the two of you and to see both of you just like really step up and really show up and and how you're answering the call. And I just feel so blessed that I got to connect with you and meet you at Satnam Fest back in the spring. And, you know, like I said, I've just been keeping my eyes out on the two of you and I'm just so excited and so grateful that you're, you're sharing this medicine because the world needs it. And it just, everyone I share it to, they feel something. And so I definitely feel like you're onto something and, it's just like, I, I'm just, I'm just excited to, to watch. And I'm going to be like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, like with the video camera, just like, <laughs> so excited. We love that. Yeah. Aww. Wow. Thank you. So we're like holding each other's hand over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 it really means so much to us. Like, it's just, it's just infinite blessings and so much gratitude for that because it's, it's really, um, it's really felt. It's really felt. Mm, and thank you everyone for tuning in go check them out go support their their kickstarter because like i said this music is going to be the is the medicine that your soul's been really calling in so thank you to the two of you again and I'm excited to be sharing updates too with them all and all the things and we appreciate you and this this is this is the time for us to really unleash our medicine and to really allow the music to speak and this is what's happening 
Mm. So we thank you and we love you all and go check it out and we'll see you soon. Take care. Sanam. <laughs> so how great are Jai Chen and Grayson. I love them. Make sure you check out the description in the show notes below to support their Kickstarter and that you subscribe to the Sovereign Society podcast here and make sure that you know that new episodes are always coming your way each and every week. And again, if you want to join this free 40-day Kundalini experience, I'm calling Medicine Mornings. Go check it out on Instagram and sign up at Sabrina Riccio or at Sovereign Society Podcast. Thank you for leaving your ratings and reviews on iTunes and for sharing the love so that we can keep this podcast going and keep this podcast thriving and to really take our community to the next level. Thank you for tuning in and we'll be seeing you soon. Take care. Satnam.